Hello, good morning. Oh, well, it might not be morning where you are, actually. Um, It's Saturday morning here for me, but I hope you're having a good day, um, whatever day of the week or time it is for you. And welcome back to the book club. So this is The Reason I Jump, questions 12 to 24 we're going to cover in this session. Um, Hopefully you read along with me, or if not, hope you enjoy this little bit of the uh, podcast or book club podcast. So let's get going. Question 12 in the book is you seem to dislike holding hands and Naoki describes it's more about impulse and spotting something than dashing off but it's hard because I can't explain to the person why I stopped holding their hand it doesn't really have anything to do with them it made me wonder here if sometimes we overthink things and it's hard not to consider what we might have done to stop an interaction with someone such as holding hands isn't it when maybe we need to sometimes take a step back and allow a situation to be just as it is um with less analysis and pressure because if he's saying oh I just noticed something else and it distracted me and off I went whereas if the other person is sort of analyzing and wondering what did I do is there something I could do differently when actually it was a nice interaction it ended and it will probably happen again we don't have to then label oh, so-and-so doesn't like holding hands, when actually Nike says he does. Um, And that wasn't the reason at all. Question 13. Do you prefer to be on your own? He says, ah, don't worry about him. He'd rather be on his own. How many times have we heard this? I can't believe that anyone born as a human being really wants to be left on their own. For people with autism, what we're anxious about is causing trouble for the rest of you or even getting on your nerves. This is why it's hard for us to stay around people. The truth is, we'd love to be with other people, but because things never go right, we end up getting used to being alone. Whenever I overhear someone remark how much I prefer being on my own, it makes me feel desperately lonely. Oh, wow. I mean, this question really hit me. What a a raw and honest answer and is it being self-conscious empathetic and mindful about the person whose company that that you are in and seeking not to cause any sort of rupture in the equilibrium um and I was thinking how comforting it is to just be yourself authentically exactly as you are yourself and how many of us do that you know, do are we authentically ourselves all the time? You know, maybe perhaps we are when we get home. But what about for those people who are often around someone who is not their mum or dad or not their spouse, etc. And they live within a paid care setting with staff changes, with shifts and other people residing there too. And And then it got me wondering about burnout and exhaustion and dare I even say um, the high levels of of suicide that are seen in people who have autism or suicide thoughts or tendencies Um, and it's so deeply you know upsetting to think how how people must be feeling and why why that's happening I really feel like this book has given me so much perspective and also it's really made me think how tirelessly people are expending their energy on on being the same and providing comfort to those who are not autistic. 
you know. Question 14. Why do you ignore us when we are talking to you? Naoki describes that he hasn't, often hasn't realised that he's been spoken to and will respond when someone says, say hello back then, Naoki, and he res- he'll he respond with this his stat phrase and then feeling guilty that he couldn't find the words to apologise or realise he was being spoken to. Naoki says in his book, the best thing you can do is to start with his name so he knows you're talking to him, you know, in the first place, so getting his attention by using his name. Question 15. Why are your facial expressions so limited? It's mainly because you think differently from us. I can't laugh along when everyone else is laughing. For a person with autism, what we find funny doesn't match yours. More than that, there are times when situations feel hopeless to us. Our daily lives are so full of tough stuff to tackle. At other times, if we're surprised or tense, embarrassed, we just freeze and unable to show any emotion. Criticising people, winding each other up, doesn't make people with autism laugh. What makes us smile is seeing something beautiful or a memory that makes us laugh, which will usually happen when no one is watching us and we don't need to to think about other, about other people or anything else. That's when we wear our natural expression. So you might find me burst out laughing underneath my duvet at night. This really made me think about how how we can bring more joy to people's lives. Is there a, a way we can create that space so the person is not thinking about other people or anything else, you know, apart from at night going to sleep? Is there something about mindfulness or meditation or holding space for people with autism during the day in company of others, you know, who do the same thing? And like reducing the noise and stimuli just for the purposes of joy? Because I thought about it. And it did make me wonder about the spaces that are created for, you know, like decompressing anger or behaviours that challenge, like low stimulus rooms and such. But we have we actually considered space and time designed to bring the mind into peace and therefore create room for joy and laughter? So not just using it for times of, you know, calming down or decompressing, but times just anyway to create space for joy, happiness. It also made me think about how important space outside is, like free space, just fields, like nothing to to have to do. You don't need to learn the rules. You don't need to act in a certain way. It doesn't have to be a fun fair. It doesn't have to be a circus. It doesn't have to be bike riding or, you know, maybe if the person likes that, but just to go and be outside in an open space you know, together in company and um, not having any reason to have to do that, just spending time together and feeling calm and happy and, you know, the noise and stimulus is reduced. Um, Question 16. Is it true that you hate being touched? Um, I was really interested to know um, what he says about this question, actually. Um, Naoki said, personally, I have no particular problem with physical contact, but sure, some people with autism can't stand being hugged or touched. He talks of tactile issues and feeling uncomfortable with um, the changing of the seasons and the weather, and therefore the changing of clothes. And and in the winter, you wear 
many more layers in clothes and then a lot less in the summer and how challenging that can be. He also speaks of control and that by being touched it gives some dread that his thoughts might be visible and if so people would would really be concerned and he said because we um, as in autistic people put up a barricade around ourselves to keep people out. Do you think this I mean I just reflecting on what he said here do you think it goes back to being authentically yourself again like your whole self um and not wanting to feel different from others because I suppose just being a human being anyway naturally we want to be um in a we want to be liked you don't want to be excluded you know you want to fit in um but then if you're if you think you're different to other people, then that somehow, you know, plays into that human instincts of not wanting people to know that you feel that way or you think that way. Um, you know, and is there something we can do to break that down? Because that's not that's not actually the case. But internally, I suppose, do we do we or is it even more difficult for autistic people to feel that way? Um, question 17, why do you wave goodbye with your palm facing yourself? And Naoki says, imitating movement is challenging for people with autism because we don't know our own body parts as well. So moving the body parts we can track with our eyes is our first step towards imitating movement properly. I never understood when people said I was waving the wrong way around until I saw myself in a full-length mirror and realised I was waving goodbye to myself. Um, this This made me chuckle. And how true is it as well for, <laughs> I know he's talking about um, waving, but if we have, and I think we all need mirrors in our house, don't we? It's very true, isn't it? The best way to get to know yourself and, and how often we've done something, walked past a mirror and realised, oh, is that what, I, I think I'm doing that the wrong way or and notice something when you've you've managed to see yourself in a mirror. Um. I think as well, on reflection of what he said here as well, um, enabling him to sort of tackle or, or get to know the art of wave, I mean, waving goodbye, it could be anything. Using a mirror to do that is really effective, isn't it? And is it something that we often think about um, to help people with autism, you know, when they're finding something challenging or learning something of that nature? Um, there's then a lovely little story about the tortoise and the hare and it's an analogy that he uses about kindness um, helping others and winning at all cost um, I'll leave that for you to read in your, in your own space only a little one and then oops question 18 when you're on one of your highs, what's going through your mind? Naoki talks again about the things that make him laugh or happy are often memories or things that he's seen in his mind that can seem out of the blue to others. Question 19, what are your flashback memories like? And Naoki says, we do remember things, who, what, where, from our memories but they are all scattershot and never connected in the right order. So when they replay themselves, it can feel like they have just happened again and all of the original feelings I had come rushing back to me. This is a flashback memory. 
have lots of pleasant memories, but flashbacks are always bad ones and can be from ages ago, but very distressing. So when this happens, just let us have a good cry and then get back to our feet. When I thought about this from the perspective of being a parent, it it must be absolutely heartbreaking not knowing what's going on and not being able to make it better or, or bring comfort. You know, like in the beginning when David Mitchell was talking about his little boy being diagnosed, I think he said he was four years old, um, with autism and experiencing those challenging moments but not knowing what was going on or why and what the right thing to do or, you know, is something deeper going on? Um, and I suppose Naoki's uncovering some of that here. And then I thought about it from the perspective of a learning disability nurse and all the things that I've learnt throughout my career um, and how often would this scenario be labelled as, as depressive, you know, a depressive episode or um, behaviours that challenge and how often are people medicated because of such situations that are not externally understood by others? And I also thought, how often as professionals do we just hold space for someone? You know, just allow someone to feel the feelings and express their emotions and and being non-judgmental. And I know this is quite a loaded question really from me, is by the very nature of our jobs, we're looking to help people to you know, get better or op- optimise their their health care um, and their emotional and mental well-being and such. But it's certainly food for thought, isn't it? Like how much of, of, of this is allowing someone to just be, you know, authentically themselves and feel, feel their feelings? Question 20. Um, why do you make a huge fuss over tiny mistakes? And Naoki says, however tiny the mistake for me is a massive deal, as if heaven and earth have been turned upside down. For example, when I pour water into a glass, I can't stand if I spill even a drop. It must be hard for you to understand why this makes me so unhappy, and I know really it's not such a big deal, but it's almost impossible for me to keep my emotions contained. Once I've made a mistake, a tsunami of emotions rushes over. I feel overwhelmed and will do anything to get away. Crying, screaming, throwing things, hitting out. Finally, I will calm down and come back to myself. Then I see no sign of the tsunami, just the wreckage I've made, and I hate myself. Oh, I mean, this this is exactly how I feel we should be looking at behaviours that challenge, as it would be described. Um, how Naoki has described the eruption of emotion that to others might seem trivial is not to him... And that is what matters. It is, it's not trivial to him. And I also wondered about perfectionism and why the mistake of getting something wrong is so important. Um, and I don't necessarily have an answer, but I, I think that's something I'll be mulling over as we carry on through the book. Question 21. Why don't you do what you're told to straight away? Um, Naoki describes autistic people often feel like their bodies are playing up or playing them up and not within their control and he says he has to build himself up for the task ahead so firstly think about it then visualise it and then really start encouraging himself to get going. Question 22. Do you hate it when we make you do things? And he says please never give up on us 
and just you watching can help us to feel stronger. He describes doing things on his own without direction to be extremely difficult. And I thought that was quite reassuring, actually, um, to, to hear from him. Question 23. I mean, I really sh- struggled with this question, to be honest. Um, what's the worst thing about having autism? And he says, you have no idea about how miserable we are. For us, causing all the problems and useless at pretty much everything we do, you can't begin to imagine how miserable and sad we get. I can feel myself getting upset. He talks about his own hardship he can deal with, but causing grief for others is the worst. Oh, my goodness. I could honestly, I can feel myself getting upset just trying to put myself in his shoes. Um, and just why are we making people feel this way? Um and I think all the challenges that he's described in this book, that you, it's, it's unimaginable to think how difficult that must be. And I also really hope the next question is, what's the best thing about having autism? Goodness me. Um, question 24, would you like to be normal? I mean, I was really hoping that was not going to be the next question. Um, but, hey, I didn't write this book. Um you know what though he really gives the best answer here (laughs) and he says i've learned that every human being with or without disabilities needs to strive to do their best and by striving for happiness you will arrive at happiness but so long as we can learn to love ourselves i'm not sure it matters whether we're normal or whether we're autistic i love that so much it's although i was uncomfortable with those questions actually he's you know, is enlightening us and bringing us back to it. It does matter, doesn't it? Happiness and how you feel about achieving that for yourself. Ah, oh, brilliant! I've loved that. I've loved that section. Right, thank you for listening. Um, I will be um on the chat about it as well, and I will see you next time for the next few questions. Have a great day. See you soon. Bye.